T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Tara. Well, if you want a picture of what it would be like if the left was ever actually to rule, why would I want a picture like that? (laughs) That's a picture I don't want to see. Well, yeah. Remember the city of love? Oh yeah, Chaz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh well, the city of of Seattle uh, just settled a lawsuit, and was there's a series of lawsuits by people who lived in Chop and Chaz, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which was the autonomous zone, taking over. Um, by thugs, warlords, and lunatics. So uh, the city officials, in, in part, are in big trouble because they were sending a ton of texts back and forth, and those were deleted. They're supposed to be preserved. Uh, yeah, that's a little uh, violation there. Of Yeah, federal law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freedom of Information Act. Okay, well, they deleted a ton of those texts, but there were still a few left. So we are able to see what they're doing, and they're being used in the suit um, by business owners and homeowners in the zone. And what they show is shocking. City officials, because remember, I mean, we had rapes, murders, incredible property damage uh, going on, just overall violence by the lunatics in in Chop and Chaz who had taken it over, right? And the city just acted like, well, what are we going to do? We don't want to hurt them by going in. No, they were in partnership with them. The texts going back and forth between high-ranking officials with the city of Seattle during the protest zone that sprung up around them, showed conversations with the warlords. They encouraged them, told them to stay strong. These are people who had raided and attempted to burn down a police precinct that contained evidence of crimes inside of it. They were egging them on. They sounded like they were friends. These are the people who are supposed to be running this city. As the people they were supposed to be representing had their businesses destroyed. And they had sided with the warlords over the police they employ. They were egging this on. They were fine. They were coordinating you know, for appearances, for media, all of that stuff. So this whole idea, this perception that they had violently taken over, no, they were allowed to take over. They were encouraged to take over by the public officials, the city officials who were communicating with them the whole time. The city, um, then these a lot of these city leaders, including some on the council, 
destroyed significant evidence of their decision-making during CHOP. Hundreds and hundreds of texts and emails. Because they encouraged the takeover. Generally, that'd be considered collusion and destruction of evidence, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or at least public information. But look, this is the same mentality. I don't think our side fully understands this mentality. This is the same mentality that you saw um, when the San Francisco Examiner published that um, article last year arguing that, you know, if you're going to be a good citizen, you probably shouldn't report burglaries. You should just let them take your stuff. That, that, that we should stop prosecuting and persecuting burglars because they too have a right to our stuff. Um, and you know where this comes? This comes from that communist mindset. There should be no private property anyway. It's wrong. If you have something somebody wants, it's wrong clearly for you to have it if it's not communal property. So we're just doing the morally right thing. We can't stand in the way of that. And if that means some guy is standing in your living room, um, then you just have to let him. And they even suggest, you know, hey, some things we can do is maybe we can lock up a little bit better, but we can't really stop them. And it caused general outrage. I did a Battleground podcast over on it. But this is straight out of the USSR. And people don't understand this. When, when they took over after the Communist Revolution, all property became the property of the Communist Party. And what that meant was, if you had a house with three bedrooms in it, they would let you and your whole family live in one bedroom and they would move other people into the other bedrooms in your home, which you were forced to share since it wasn't your home anymore. This is the mentality that you're actually seeing in these emails and texts between the warlords uh, who ran CHOP and the city officials and some on the council. It amounted to the city's actions, the lawsuit says, amounted to a right of access taking by allowing the protesters to interfere with the access to the businesses. They were encouraging them, coordinating with them, coordinating media coverage with them. And this is because of their bizarre views on property rights. That you just really basically shouldn't have any. And they knew it was wrong too, Lee. They why they destroyed a lot of these. We don't even well, have course, the full yeah. record. You don't want the don't want the evidence there. No. Because you'll see how they think. Let me tell you what, these Democrats on Capitol Hill, they're no different. They just hide it better. This is where they'll go. And this is why you're seeing all over the country the decriminalization of what? We've talked about this a lot before. Trespassing? Mm-hmm. Well, if he's on your property, but um, you know, you, you can't call the police till he hurts you. Oh, okay, cool. But he can come on my property, threaten me with a gun destroy my mailbox, threaten to burn my house down. Yeah, that's all cool. We can't do anything till he actually burns it down or hurts you. And then we can't do anything if he's just destroying property. It's got to be hurting you. What are they revving up for? What are they preparing? They're preparing for their mobs to come on people's property who the left disagrees with and terrorize them. That's what they're doing. It's where this is going. You can see the roots of this with Chop slash Chaz. They're going to do this again. Just a matter of time. They're going to need the right excuse to do it. Some police officer shoots somebody or something somewhere. And then it'll be on. Uh, which is just uh, just a full-on cray-cray. So now we know what was happening there. It didn't just spin out of control. We weren't confused. No. They weren't confused. No. It wasn't one of these things where the police just, you know, lost control of the situation. None of that happened. It was a coordinated effort. It was collusion. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, and honestly, as a taxpayer in that area, you should have serious questions about why you're paying taxes. Yeah, and I why, and why are you paying taxes when you have got the government there willing to cede property to lawbreakers and are not willing to defend the citizens and the property of the people that they are paid and elected to defend. And then they try to they break the and law then, covering and then it covering up. Covering it up. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of breaking the law, covering up, watch this, because this is beginning to go down exactly as I said. We talk about lawlessness and who laws apply to and who they don't. The House Oversight Committee has requested financial records from yeah. Hunter Biden. Did right. you see this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that at the top of the hour. Yeah. So uh, the deadline was Wednesday. Yeah. And they blew right past it. Yeah. Hunter Biden's yeah. like, laws, rules, requests from Congress. They don't apply to me. And he, I, he may not be wrong. So now James Comer's on television. And I mean, I think James Comer's a good guy, but I had I busted out laughing. He's like, we're going to, and now we're going to get subpoenas. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, bud. Yeah. yeah, good luck with that. See, the problem is that um, Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy, when they were running the show during the Trump administration, taught the Democrats that they need not comply with subpoenas. And they also taught government agencies like the FBI, the DOJ, they could just gaff off 36 subpoenas from Congress. And, you know, normally that's illegal, but whatever. And the Obama administration taught them that too. Yeah, the Obama administration absolutely did too. So this idea, I mean, these Republicans are killing me. We're going to subpoena them and get to, um, you and what army? Honey, you're going to need warlords straight out of chop to do that. Because I don't see who's going to do it. I mean, if if Hunter Biden gaffs off their subpoena, what, what's the rep, you know what's the rep, recourse for? Oh, well, the um the DOJ will prosecute him. Ha! Yeah, right. You mean the Biden DOJ? Yeah. That subpoena, you might as well light it and cook yourself some s'mores over the pot over the pot. So this is where this is going. So he's like, well, now we're going to get tough. We're gonna we're gonna subpoena him. Okay, honey. You know, but then you you look at it, you know, that Congress sends um, Steve Bannon a directive to show up to testify before the January 6th committee. He doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. He's been prosecuted by the DOJ and sentenced to prison. Yeah. Because he's a Republican. So he like laws apply to him. So well, he's not just a Republican, but he's one of those MAGA supporters. Well, yeah, yeah. he's got a big following online. So, I mean, he's triple guilty. So he hasn't been sent to prison yet. He's still got the sentence, but they're appealing it. But he'll go there eventually. He'll be gone. Um, but so that, so theoretically, Lee, that's the same thing that should happen to Hunter Biden, right? You would think. Just watch this go down. Yeah. Watch this go down. And what you're going to see is concrete evidence that Republican, you could elect a Republican all day long, but government agencies do not answer to them anymore. The Department of Justice does not answer to them. And they try to subpoena people with their supposed subpoena power they think they have. They're going to learn they don't have subpoena power. They taught the Democrats they don't have subpoena power. You can't come back from that when your leaders teach them that. So watch this. Let's watch this competition. It's going to go on for two years. Let's see if they ever get a single piece of paper from Hunter Biden. I got a feeling about how this is going to go. And you know why they're blustering about this, Lee? Because they want to fundraise off of it. They know oh, yeah. they can't get Absolutely. this stuff. yeah. They know that the Democrats are so above the law. Subpoena from Congress? Who sent it? Ah, Republican doesn't apply. Well, the law says it does. Well, screw the law. The Democrats. Well, it's just like the January 6th committee. That's why it was there. Not to find out who what happened, because they're not interested in what happened. They want to fundraise on it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, this is going to be funny. Uh, but that's what Hunter Biden thinks of Republicans with subpoena power. Absolutely nothing.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Good morning. Okay, so as Joe Biden cruises around Europe building support for the resumption of the Cold War, I I still can't get past this. I've been saying it all week. We just resumed the Cold War. You know how dumb that is? I I liken it like this. It's like your kid playing a really tough sports team, like their team plays a tough team, and, and man, it's a battle. They slug it out. But in the end, your kid's team wins, and you're all very excited. At the end of it, the kids are exhausted. They're like, wow, we won. This is so exciting. The parents are like, well, why don't we just play them again? Let's give them a second chance. But mom and dad, we won. We, we, why, why do we play them again? Why are we give them another chance to win? Because it'll be fine. That's literally the argument Joe Biden's going around in Europe making right now. Yeah, let's resume the Cold War. Why not? Well, here's why not. As UK Daily Mail tries to tell us this morning, we're going to lose. China's naval fleet, this is a headline, China's naval fleet is growing and the U.S. can't keep up with the warship building as Beijing uses its sea power to project an increasingly aggressive military posture globally. I'm sorry, if we're going to go to war with Russia and China, could someone please tell me, just text me, what are we fighting over? Like, what do we got if we win? Do we, do we got something or? And just saying, well, we're fighting for democracy. That, does, that doesn't cut it. That's not a thing. Another question for you is Biden goes across Europe campaigning for World War III, the resumption of the Cold War, which this time is going to be China and Russia. That'll be fun. Anybody going to stop and ask, including these idiot Republicans, like Mike McCall, who's also in Ukraine, egging him on, egging Biden on, oh, this is great, let's go to war. Why? I don't know. Sounds great. Ask this question. How is Joe Biden going to fight China and Russia militarily when Joe Biden cannot even defeat a Chinese balloon? He has to be browbeaten and embarrassed by his own country for three days before he shoots the thing out of the air, and then he doesn't even dare to do it until the Chinese are done with their intelligence collection mission because they own him. 
I just want to ask these Republicans who are like, wow, last week. This was last week. So obvious China, you know, Biden is owned by China. I mean, they were even saying this on Fox News. They were actually dabbling in reality on Fox News. You don't see that a lot. Not militarily. They were saying that last week. This week, they're like, yeah, man, we're going to war for NATO against China? That'd be the country that our president won't even shoot down their balloon. Lies to the American people to hide the fact that it's going over our, our nuclear and military facilities. Then to accommodate said Chinese balloon, we change our patterns at those facilities so they won't get too much intel. That guy, that guy is going to go to war with this country? Let me read the headline again in the UK Daily Mail. China's naval fleet is growing and the U.S. can't keep up with the warship building as Beijing uses its sea power to project increasingly aggressive military posture globally. Says who? Says U.S. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro. Voice concern, it remarks on Wednesday. We just can't keep up. He claimed the U.S. naval shipyards can't match the output of Chinese ones. Well, shoot, we can't even defeat a balloon. And then we got to make up UFO stories and shoot kids' weather balloons out of the air to distract people from the fact we can't even go to war against a balloon. Looks, I don't see how this is going to work. I mean, I just can't. I can't. And then you want to see the, the, the result, what the resumption of the Cold War looks like? Epoch Times this morning. Did you see this? Headline. Russia deploys nuclear-armed ships for the first time in close to 30 years. So this is like a problem. We have fixed this. We have finished this. We are at peace. We are not in the Cold War. Nobody wants to be in a Cold War except Joe Biden and Mike McCall, some of these Republican so-called leaders. We have driven them to this. So we better have a plan. I don't know what it is. It's going to be kind of hard to fight the Cold War, which was really a lot about economic production. Who could make the most nukes and then counter defensive systems without going broke first? We won that. But see, like, we're $31 trillion in debt right now. So we're not going to win it this time. It's going to be hard. It's going to break us. You can't have Biden inflation and do that too. It, do- it doesn't work, but they don't seem to care. These are just questions I'm asking. But if we're going to go to war because it's the popular thing to do right now, okay. But I want to answer to a simple question. If we're going to put personnel, military personnel on the ground, and they're going to launch Patriot missiles, that's coming this spring. They're going to launch Patriot missiles at Putin. And Putin's troops. And we're going to shoot them out of the air. So that's, what, that's what Patriot missiles do. They hit, they hit planes. They take out military troops in planes. Does anybody think they'll fight back, maybe retaliate against the launch site, kill our, kill our troops? And if they do kill our troops, because they will, it's going to happen if we put them in the war zone, what are we going to do then? I'm just, I'm just curious how that, like, what is, what happens? I just, I literally want to know. I don't know. I'm not asking that facetiously. I don't, I don't know. Do we respond? Because at that point, we're in a war. And it's not a cold war. It's a hot war. It's a shooting war. Bang, bang. Shoot. Shooting. Steve Cortez, who is a genius, former advisor to Trump, asked this on the war room the other day. And he's right. This is not a cold war. It's not a proxy war. 
It's actually America deeply involved on the ground in Ukraine, effectively right now at war with Russia. But to your very important point, without any resolution from Congress, certainly without a declaration of war, and without even the decency to come to the American people and make the case dispassionately with, with facts and data to the American people why this regional struggle matters so much to the United States. You know, when David Ignatius talks about the way U.S. technology is being used, U.S. targeting, about the high fidelity view uh, of the battle space, all of that sounds like a nation that is very much at war. And in fact, I think that is the reality, that this war has already begun, but it's not too late for us to draw it back, particularly now we, we control the U.S. House of Representatives. It isn't. It's not too late for us to draw it back. That's the only thing we got going for us is to hope the U.S. House of Representatives will defund this thing. I just don't get these neocon Republicans who last week are like, oh, you can tell Joe is owned by China. He won't even fight the balloon. And this week they're like cheering Joe on to go to war with China. I don't understand. I like I don't I've, I've lost the threat. There's the, and you know what? Who's right? You know who's right in all this? Putin. He said we were crazy, like plum nuts. That was the theme of his speech. And he's not wrong. We're not crazy, American people, but our leaders are. And the only one who makes any sense this week, common basic sense, is Donald Trump. He's in East Palestine. He's handing out water. He's doing all this stuff. Pete Buttigieg. So now Pete Buttigieg's got to, um, he was having family time, personal time, he said, with his husband. But now he's got to cut off the personal time, go to East Palestine, deal with those gruntoons. What a mess. Texter writes, I've been at war. It ain't no fun. You don't want war. You bring a war. You put my children at risk with, uh, you know, your life is at risk. Makes no sense. I know. Texter writes, good morning, Tara. Biden can't even defeat the stairs on the way up to Air Force One. I know. It's so embarrassing. Can we put him back in the basement? So less than 24 hours after Vladimir Putin's speech on how American leadership has effectively gone mad, used our gender ideology as an example. And I explained this to you yesterday. It was a powerful speech. He absolutely nailed American culture. Putin did. It's part of the reason they want to kill him. Our leaders, I mean. I explained to you yesterday, he's, his, his audience for this, he talked about how our leaders are actively pushing pedophilia on our, on, on our children. That is true. He talked about their attacks on the church and on God, their gender ideology, which he said was crazy. Who was he talking to? The half of the world that has not sanctioned Russia. See, there's this narrative in the United States. The whole world is following us. We're all united for democracy or whatever. And um, everybody's on our side. We're still America. We're still a country everybody loves. Everybody follows us, agrees with what we say, want to be like it. No, no. Half the world has not sanctioned Russia. Nobody knows that in America. You look at a map of the countries that have not sanctioned Russia. It's, it's literally half the world. It's South America. It's places like India and Indonesia. 
This is where they see us as the aggressor. That might sound strange. If you're outside of America, you get real news. It won't. Our news environment is very controlled. And right on cue. That's what he's saying to these, these people in India. That they, don't, they don't have this culture. Do you want to follow these people? They're nuts. It's going to be in all your schools too. These crazy ideas. Or you want to follow us? You may not like us. We're thuggish. But we're normal. That's the argument he's making. And he's making an economic argument. That's who the audience was for that speech. The audience was China and India, Brazil, South America, all the places that haven't sanctioned Russia and are sitting on the sidelines waiting to see who wins this thing before they decide what currency they'll continue using. This is going on in the world. It's the biggest thing. And enter Sam Brinton as if on cue. Exhibit A. Wait, who's that guy? Yeah, Biden's uh, now felony indicted non-binary nuclear waste guru who's a man but wears women's clothing. He doesn't identify, non-binary, he doesn't identify as either gender is, is what that means. He doesn't identify as either gender. So he's been, he likes to steal women's uh, suitcases at the airports, done it a couple of times. Not just once. And in the beginning, the Biden administration, seeing as he's non-binary and they've paraded him all over the world, they take him all over the place, they show him off because he's the first binary, non-binary U.S. appointed officials. They're very proud of that. They've taken him to the Embassy of France. He goes all over the world wearing women's clothes, that apparently he has stolen. So the Biden administration tried to pretend none of this was going on uh, and just left him in place. You don't fire somebody like that. But then they had to. Once, you know, it looked like he was headed for the second set of felony charges and all. Well, there's a, tan- you can't make this up, Tanzanian fashion designer. She's one of the victims. He stole her luggage. And she is outraged because some of these um, gowns that he wore at these state events while representing the United States of America on the world stage were actually hers. They were in the luggage that he stole. So I love the spread in the UK Daily Mail today. She looks very beautiful wearing them. It's her next to him. And he's representing you on the world stage. People are looking at Putin going, wow, that's a mean dude. Then they're looking at this and going, wow. Uh, I don't know what side I want to pick. Tough choice. Tough choice. Oh, meanwhile, did you hear that? Tucker Carlson has nailed this. If Rush Limbaugh was alive, Rush Limbaugh would have been all over this. He would have understood. Tucker Carlson has brilliantly figured out why it was that Don Lemon over at CNN had to be punished and tucked away. And he explains it. Listen, Nikki Haley is a liberal white woman. And that what Don Lemon did not understand is that liberal white women rule the world now. Well, the Western world. And you cannot criticize one of them. And Nikki is one of them. And he didn't understand. So he thought he was a black gay man. He would do whatever he wants. But he doesn't understand. He's second class. 
the black man and the gay man always come in second to the white woman in liberalism. And he missed a fundamental lesson. Tucker Carlson didn't miss it. It's the kind of thing Rush would have been all over. I missed it. So I'm going to play it for you. It's today's first epic rant in which he explains to Don Lemon the way that the world really works when the left runs it. So Don Lemon thought he understood the new rules. White Republicans are bad, attack them relentlessly. But because nuance has never been his strength, Mr. Lamont missed one essential distinction. White middle-class voters are bad because they comprise the majority of the Republican electorate. But white elites are good. They're Nancy Pelosi. They're on our side. And upper-income, college-educated liberal white women are best of all since they are the Democratic base. You see how that works? Both groups are white, but one of them is evil and one of them is holy. Now, in political terms, that distinction makes sense, but it was way too subtle for Don Lamont. It went right over his head. And that leads us to the final fateful day of his television career last week when he dared to criticize Nikki Haley. Watch. I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you talking about? That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. Ooh, he stepped in it. But to be fair to Don Lamont, Nikki Haley seemed like perfectly fair game. She's a Republican presidential candidate, so savage her all you want. Oh, but no, because in fact, in all the ways that matter, Nikki Haley is a member in good standing of the most protected class of all: upper-income liberal white ladies with fashionable political views. She may be running to be the Republican nominee, but she is fundamentally indistinguishable from the neoliberal donor base of the Democratic Party. Nikki Haley believes in collective racial guilt. She thinks Ukraine's borders are more important than our own, far more important. She believes identity politics is our future. Vote for me because I'm a woman, she says. That's her pitch. So Don Lamont should have caught this, but he missed it completely. He didn't get it. And so he stepped in his final bear trap. Don Lamont may be black, but that doesn't mean he's allowed to criticize Nikki Haley. Sorry. If it's a choice between a black man and a liberal white lady, the Democratic Party will drop the black guy every single time. Oh, I love this. They should make a class out of this. Hard pills to swallow in life. This is going viral. And by the way, these aren't just for our time. These are for all times. And these are things you begin to learn in your 20s. And, and a lot of people have a lot of heart, lot, lot of problems. And sometimes even in your teens. There's general axioms of truth in life. You work hard, you sacrifice, live like no one else. You can live like no one else. We all love those stories. Stories of the underdog who worked hard, rose above it. And you can in your life, for the most part. You can do incredible things if you plan, you're disciplined, and you stick to it. We all know somebody like that. We love telling their story. Those things generally work. But... It's not fair. So much of our politics comes down now to fair. Inequality, they call it. What's that? Life's unfair, but government's going to make it fair. No, it's not. No, but it's never going to be fair. 
So they called this hardest pills to swallow in life. I love this one. I love this list. Uh, let me let me hit the highlights because there's ten of these. Top ten. Just because something is not your fault does not mean it's not your responsibility. We are dealing with this with the kids in my house right now. Well, mom, I didn't make them. You need to do the dishes. Sorry, you're part of the family. You need to pull your load. But they're not mine. It doesn't matter. Your brother's studying. You need to get it done right now. But it's not mine. It doesn't matter. Life is like, doesn't matter. Pitch in. Do it now. But ma. Not everything will happen according to your plan. Yes, you should plan. You should set goals. And then you should expect that plan to be interrupted. Number five, love this one. People will take advantage of your hard work and some people get to where they are because of nepotism. Yep. But I've never felt too bad about that nepotism part because that means somebody actually did the work. It was just the parent of the person and that's okay with me. Should be what you earn when you bust your rear end like no one else does. Your kids get ahead a little bit further than the other kids. I think that I'm fine with that. Somebody did the work. Not a bit of business owner. Their kids inherited the business. Number four. Some people in leadership positions are not good leaders. And some who are not leadership are good leaders. This one, this one is the hardest. I bet you know someone like this. Number three, bad people win frequently. Oh, do they? Number two, nobody is obligated to be in your life. Some relationships or friendships are meant to be temporary. I'm dealing with this with Crash right now. Appreciate the memories, but let go and move on. Very few people, handful, meant to be permanently in your life. It's hard to find that many good people anyway. That's why there's so few of them. And number one, sometimes things just change. It's nobody's fault, but they change. And sometimes if you get the short stick from the change, just got to roll with it. Is any of this fair? No. Does all of this result in inequality? Oh, heck yeah. But as soon as Yee said this week, I loved her interview uh, with Todd Pyro on Fox News. She escaped from North Korea, was sold as a sex slave for 20 bucks. Her life wasn't fair, but she finally made it to the U.S. She went through hell. And she said, inequality, they hate inequality equality at the school I attend. She's like, we love it. Inequality is a sign you're free. It's the first sign society is being free. In my society, we were all slaves and we we're all equal. She hates inequality. She hates, she hates uh, equality. She can't stand it because it was enforced in North Korea. So all this stuff sucks, but it could be a good thing too. Got to take it and roll with it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.